good evening and welcome into the program. Oh, look, I just I just spilt some soda on my shirt. Just uh, just going live. Uh, hey, how's everybody doing? Welcome into the show. Uh, Cryotech on uh, YouTube says, good evening. I'm trying to understand the statement you put on the screen. I rushed and put it together. It's actually uh, three different statements. Uh, confidential documents. That's one. Anti-vaxxers are back, and that's two, and then every vote does not count. So I should have put bullet points or something, but um, I wasn't sure if I was going to go live tonight. And so I rushed in and typed those things in, and those are um, those are suggestions for uh, <laughs> what we what we can talk about tonight. Uh, I like to make these live streams just about whatever's on your mind as well. Uh, Cryotech says, oh, okay, thank you, LOL. Uh, thank you for joining us on YouTube. How's everybody doing? Let me know where you are listening in from, and I'll know what platform you're coming in on. We're going out on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter. Uh, we should be on all of them tonight if everything is working okay. And uh, so let me know where you're listening in from and let me know what's on your mind. Again, there's a lot going on. Um, uh, Manuel says, love it when the show is live. Yeah, it's been it's been hard for me to uh, to consistently do the live shows. But if you have been watching my Facebook or my YouTube channel you or listening to the podcast, you would know that I've been releasing at least one new video podcast every single day, sometimes two, sometimes three. Um, so if you go to my uh, YouTube page and you follow, or actually YouTube is subscribe, Facebook follow, uh, we have been covering so many things this week. Uh, Orion says, hello, Jay, joining from my dining room in Taylorsville. Orion, I thought for sure you would be in the hot tub tonight. Just thought for sure that was going to happen. Um, uh, Crowdtex is doing good up here in Canada as much as it's possible. Well, thank you for joining us from, from way up north. What's the weather like up there? We've had rain all day. It's supposed to be snow tonight. Um, but thank you for joining us and for saying hello. Um, I was going to show you, just so you get an idea, uh, how many things we've been releasing on... Whoa, I want to do that. Wrong page. On uh, the YouTube. Uh, this week we've talked about automobile inflation... Uh, the biggest partisanship test of our time. We'll talk about that. Uh, we talked about how GOP policies are literally killing us. You guys can't see that on the screen very well, can you? Maybe I can zoom it in a little bit. Anyway, the point is that I have been releasing videos every single day. I'm on a three-week run every single weekday. Uh, so if you haven't subscribed then you are missing out on a lot. And these go out on Facebook, they go out on Twitter, they go out everywhere. And we've also been releasing shorts. So my son has been uh, taking 
our podcasts and he's been uh, turning them into minute long shorts. And those have been generating a ton of uh, interest. So shorts on YouTube are like uh, TikTok videos. These are also available on TikTok and Instagram as well. But what I'm trying to tell you is we've been busy over here and uh, covering a lot of stuff. And so I hope that we're at whatever platform you're on, please take a minute and like it, subscribe, follow, uh, whatever you can do, uh, we would just love it. Um, some of the things on my mind tonight, um, I showed you, uh, we can go back to that screen, uh, <laughs> confidential documents. <laughs> uh, this is amazing to me. Um, a story about anti-vaxxers and a conversation I've been having with somebody, uh, me telling them that every vote does not count and they're a little confused about that. So that's on my list. Uh, what's what's on your list tonight? Uh, let me know. In the meantime, <laughs> let's start out with the most amazing, unbelievable story that I, I still, when I heard it, and I... I pushed out a podcast uh, this morning at 10 o'clock about it, but I actually recorded it at 10 o'clock last night after I heard that they found confidential documents in uh, in a former office of Joe Biden when he was VP. And I just, I just, I just, I fell apart. I couldn't believe it. I just, it's just not... How, what, what I'm trying to say is I thought it was un, an unbelievable thing that Trump went after Hillary for uh, confidential documents on her server. And so you would think in your mind that that would be the last thing he would do. He actually made the laws worse or more or strengthened the laws about uh, government documents because of how Hillary Clinton handled things with her server. So to, to suddenly go from that to confidential documents found at Mar-a-Lago, to me was the most, it was the most baffling, the most unbelievable thing that you could ever imagine. You would write that in or see that in a book and you'd be like, come on, that is, that is the last thing that I would expect to see after lock her up, after all, do you know what I'm saying? To hear that story and then to hear the level of actual documents to, and then to hear Trump and his, his, uh, his denial, non-denials which are all actually all admissions of guilt. That in itself was beyond belief to me that you criticize Hillary and then you bring home hundreds of confidential documents. I, I just couldn't even, I don't even know how to describe that. And then, so then President Biden gives this statement 
about how terrible it is that Trump mishandled the documents. And here we are. I'm, I'm sitting here and I always have the news on somewhere here in my office. And I think I was working on a podcast and I look up and I see the story that confidential documents found in a former private office of President Biden <laughs> when he was vice president. I cannot, how, I, it's too much. It's too much to, to be able to believe. It's, it's too, it's, it, the only thing I can say, the only thing I can believe at this, at this point is that we're in the matrix and somebody is just messing with us. Somebody is just saying, let's just have some fun and watch how these people spin out of control. That's the only, it's too, it's too much to believe. It's, I, I can't, it's too much. Uh, Orion says, uh, about the worst thing that could happen at exactly the worst time, maybe he should resign. I, <laughs> I just can't, I can't believe it. You know, the one thing about Trump is, is he is always guilty of whatever he accuses somebody else to do, uh, of doing. It's called projection. Uh, and, and he does this constantly. It, it's like, uh, karma that just catches up with him. If he comes out and gives a statement, uh, about something, I guarantee you against something, I guarantee you at some point in the future, that very thing is going to happen to him. I get something in my eye. Hang on. It, it, it happens constantly. And I'll give you, a, so one example was Hillary Clinton classified documents, server locker up. Uh, another example is uh, anybody who pleads the fifth is guilty. And you could just go down the list. Maybe you have your own. But he just, everything that he gets mad at people for doing ends up circling around to him. So, and... The, <laughs> I just, I just look at the the guy and I'm like, I, I don't know how he does it. I don't know what's driving it. Uh, let's see. Cryotech says all politicians are horrible nowadays. No side is better than the other. It seems when it comes to that sort of stuff. Well, I will tell you that there are some differences here between the confidential documents uh, that were at Joe Biden's place and what happened with Trump. And it, I would really like if you go back to the podcast that I released this morning and talked about how people are going to make this about politics and they're going to make this about a comparison between the two. And the truth is they're not related. And one should not impact the other. There should be, there should be no inference whatsoever that because Trump did something, then Biden should be treated this way. Or because Biden did something, then Trump should be treated this way. That shouldn't be happening. 
Anybody who is doing that right now is playing politics because these are supposed to be treated as two absolutely unique situations. And they should be judged based upon the facts and the information of what comes out in each situation. And anybody who says that Biden should be let off because Trump did it, or Trump should be let off because Hillary did it, is not living in a world of where they want law-abiding justice. They live in a world where they want to win politically. That's, I mean, that's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. And so what, what I said, and, and we could, I should get out the JMAC time machine. Man, I always forget to do these things before the show. I need my sound effect for the, the JMAC time machine. We can go back in time. You can look on my social media. And you can find a broadcast from me on the day of the Donald J. Trump um, warrant search of Mar-a-Lago. And I came out on that day while Democrats were saying he was a criminal, while Republicans were saying this is an outrage and the FBI has been weaponized. I came out and I said, anybody who has decided already that Trump is guilty, that Trump is, is not guilty, that the FBI is abusing their power, that the Department of Justice is abusing their power. Anybody who had made that decision within the first 24 hours is a partisan hack. And it's a partisan test. That's what I said. This is a great moment for everybody to just turn on the news, watch your representatives, watch the pundits, and anybody who in the first even two weeks who has already come to a conclusion about what this means is a partisan hack and has no ability to decipher, to decipher right from wrong anymore. They are so caught up in politics, they cannot see anything but right versus left instead of right versus long, wrong. And it's the same speech that I gave this morning at 10 o'clock that I recorded last night at 10 o'clock. It's the exact same speech. Uh, and I got to tell you, and this may seem... Uh, a little braggadocious. Um, and I don't brag very often. And maybe it's not a brag. I, I got to tell you, there is great comfort in knowing that you are making an honest attempt at the truth instead of politics. Because nobody today can come to me and say, well, when it happened to Trump, you came out and you said that he was guilty and that he was going to jail and you didn't give that investigation any time to do anything. Nobody can say that because I did what I always do and I waited for the facts. And that's what anybody should do. 
unless you have other goals, unless you have uh, a desire to warp or twist or spin whatever it is into your favor, right? I mean, that's, uh, that's basically, uh, what's going on here. Um, got somebody here in the old chat who's, if you can hang on a sec. I think I can do it this way. Sorry, guys. Hang on a sec. All right. That'll stop that madness. Okay. Um, it, you guys should all know that um, I don't block people on this show. I want to hear your uh, your disagreements with me, but I'm not going to sit here while somebody just eats up our chat. So I will block people in that case. Uh, and that's what I just did. So, uh, but if you disagree with me, I, I, I want to hear it. Anyway, I was talking about how there is such great comfort in knowing. I mean, how many people, this is, this is what I want to know. How many people, how many Democrats who went after Trump on the day of the, uh, search of Mar-a-Lago? who decided on that day that Trump was guilty, how many of them, when they saw that news flash across the screen that Biden had uh, confidential documents, how many of them said, oh, crap, what am I going to do now? Because you didn't make your decision based upon facts. There were no facts to be had. You didn't make your decision based upon an honest attempt to see what, what was out there. You made your decision because you don't like Donald Trump and you don't like Republicans and you get giddy when there's things that come out against him. And so yesterday I just pictured all of these, um, all of these, um, <laughs> uh, all of these Democrats going, oh my gosh, what are we going to do now? Well, if you had been honest back then, then you can be honest now. The answer on, on day one of the search was let's wait and see. The answer on the, on day one of hearing about confidential documents from Biden is wait and see. Now, if you want to speculate, and I always, I will let you know when I'm speculating. And we now have, I don't know how many months of information about Donald Trump and documents. And if you look back, I did a recent podcast where I said he will be indicted and that he should be indicted. So after hearing the facts, after hearing the investigation and after hearing the person who convinced me the most that there should be an indictment, the person who convinced me the most that obstruction has happened with those top secret documents that Trump had, it's not a Democrat. It's Donald J. Trump. He's the one who convinced me with all of his madness. He can, uh, he, he can declassify documents with his mind. <laughs> he did a rally just a couple of weeks ago where he said they're his documents and he wants them back. 
which is an outrageous lie. Even if they're not confidential, they are not his documents. They belong to the people. And it is against the law for him to have them. And he's at a rally telling people they're my documents. Uh, he has, he has uh, indicted himself in all of his statements and has never once denied the possession of the documents. And that's what's so amazing to me because he's he knows he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to tell anybody because he doesn't lose support when he gets caught doing things that are wrong. He knows he doesn't lose support. So he can come up with these, these yarns and he knows people will believe them. But can you tell me, has anybody, has anybody said, has anybody said Donald Trump or anyone around him why he has the documents? Somebody, somebody explain to me, why did he have the documents? I, I still don't know. And he hasn't said why. But what we do know now at this point, if we do just, uh, a gentle comparison between what we do know now about the Biden documents, or at least what's been said, and what we do know now about the Trump documents. There is a chasm between the two cases. And anybody who is making a comparison between the two, suggesting that these are somehow to be compared and one justifies the other or one excuses the other, I don't see that. I, I just can't. I mean, in Trump's case, it was a whistleblower who, uh, well, first of all, uh, National Archives asked for the documents back. Uh, Trump's attorney said, we don't have any more documents. National Archives and the Department of Justice subpoenaed the documents Instead of the documents being delivered after the subpoena, uh, nothing happened. And so they finally went in and took the documents back. So that's kind of a loose description of what happened with Trump. Uh, the story to this moment in time with, uh, and with Trump, something like 360 documents that were uh, confidential. The story with Biden at this point is, and we're a day in, so take that for what it is. Uh, the story with Biden is that uh, Biden attorneys in cleaning out this office found the documents, contacted the National Archives, and turned them over immediately. And Joe Biden is saying he didn't he was not aware ever that there were any documents there. There's no way to substantiate that at this point. But if you just, if you just compared those two, on one side, there's obstruction of justice. Uh, we still don't know why he had the documents. On the other side, they at least were the ones who notified. So, I'm already seeing glaring differences between the two, but everything on the side of Biden right now is early reporting and speculation. And I want to make that clear. 
Um, Those are the differences I see between the two, but I have no idea how far reaching the Biden situation will be. But they don't connect to each other. They are irrelevant to each other. Unless you live in a world of right versus left instead of right versus wrong. Um, let's see, David joining us. Hey, David, reaction from the person involved certainly says a lot. Yes. Um, Orion, let's see if I can fit this on the screen. That's just the thing about Trump. He never respected the office of POTUS. He grabbed, he grabbed it a trophy. He was supposed to have been a caretaker of the office. It's an institution that belongs to the public. He had no concept of that. No surprise. He thought everyone in the White House belonged to him. <laughs> um, so where I'm at right now, there is enough information from Trump's own mouth, his own truth social, and that has been revealed that I believe he will be indicted and that he should be indicted. That's where I'm at with the Trump investigation. Where I'm at with the Biden investigation is... I am shocked, truly shocked to hear that there were confidential documents uh, in a former private office. We need to know why. We need to know how they got there. Why were they left there? We need to know what level they were. We need to know if Joe Biden knew about them. We need to know if there were other documents that shouldn't have been there. We need to know if President Obama had declassified those documents with his mind <laughs> and guess what? We're probably going to get a congressional investigation into those documents. But this this is why this is so fascinating to me because the the Republicans are dying to investigate these classified documents. You know they are. They now have control of Congress. So you know they're dying to investigate these classified documents. Maybe even use it for the first of many impeachments. They're dying to do it. But how do they do it without investigating Trump and his documents? That's the thing. It's like this, it's like the ultimate test. It's like the ultimate game show, the ultimate test of partisanship. How, how is one side going to investigate the other side without? <laughs> it's just so amazing. Uh, um, Kate uh, joining us on Facebook saying, and then there is the destruction of documents that people witnessed. Yeah, White House documents being flushed down the toilet. People don't, people, I don't know if everybody understands the, the laws surrounding what happens in the White House. But if you, if you're sitting in the overall office and you pull out a piece of paper and you jot down a note um, that note now belongs to the people and to the government. It doesn't belong to you. And those things are assigned tracking numbers and uh, 
that's one of the ways that we know if documents are missing. So it is against the law to take that note that you had just scribbled something on, even if it was, you know, your order from McDonald's, to tear that up and throw it in the toilet is a violation of law. Um, <laughs> and people took pictures of it. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's bizarre, isn't it? I just... I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Um, at this point, it looks like uh, on the Biden side, uh, early reports, it sounds like they did the right thing. Early reports. But who knows? Um, <laughs> but it's going to be hard now to get any political traction against Trump and his documents. Because here's the honest truth. Nobody is going to care beyond the headline that we already saw. Anyone who is a Trump supporter or uh, in Republican leadership, the only thing they needed was the headline that Joe Biden had classified documents. That's the end of the story. Because now they are given the answer of any time there's an allegation against Trump and classified documents. And because people aren't going to take the time to find out what happened, then this is all the Republicans needed. I mean, it is a gift to Donald Trump. It is a gift to Republicans in many ways because nobody's going to take the time to listen. Um, and that's, uh, if you're new to this show, that's, that's what we do here. We will take the time. Like we spent a lot of time talking about the Hillary Clinton servers and when people were saying and Trump was saying, well, what about all the 33,000 missing emails from Hillary Clinton and the classified documents that were on her servers? Well, if you, if you don't know what happened to Hillary and you don't care and you don't know what that investigation revealed – all you want is the dirt to use against her, then that statement sticks and no, nobody cares. But if you do the deep dive and the research and you're, you're searching for the truth, you would know that that's not what happened with Hillary Clinton at all, what the investigation found. There were not top secret documents on Hillary Clinton's email servers. Now, she was in violation of policy to have a, an off-site server. And listen, I have never been a supporter of the Clintons. So the fact that there is a missing server somewhere in a landfill somewhere, uh, that's that's problematic. A hundred percent problematic. But as far as the investigation into were there confidential documents on her email server, the answer is no, there were not. What was happening is uh, they were, I forget the phrase, they were talking about or referencing some of these documents, but talking around them in such a way that if you knew about the documents, then you knew what was being talked about. But if you didn't know about the what was in the documents, then you didn't know what they were talking about. So there was absolute discussion about top secret documents, but it was 
uh, almost in code. And that was one of the reasons why they decided that Hillary Clinton had definitely violated the law, had definitely um, violated policy, but they didn't feel it rose to the level of uh, imprisonment. But then here comes Trump, lock her up, lock her up, lock her up. And we know for a fact that Trump has highest level classified documents. <laughs> it's too much. Oh, it's too much. Um, let's see. Kate says, uh, let me get up here, Kate. Uh, Mark Meadows was burning many things in the fireplace. That's right. Uh, again, witness, uh, witness testimony. Who needs a shredder when you got a fireplace right there? I I just can't believe it. I it's just it I mean it took all the wind out of the sails of any allegations against Trump. He's jumping for joy. Um even though the way it appears right now, I mean if things keep going in the if if the Biden investigation keeps going in the trajectory that it's going right now, then it's just, it's just going to be somebody somewhere had these documents. They forgot about them. They didn't return them. Uh, as soon as uh, the, the Biden administration found out about it, they turned them over to the National Archives. And uh, who was I watching yesterday? Uh, one of the former FBI directors, he actually said that uh, misuse of classified documents is actually incredibly common. Uh, not that people are doing it on purpose, but that when you're talking about millions of documents, that not everybody knows the rules, not everybody. And in fact, he said he had done it, that he had made a mistake and they have a process for it. So if you accidentally take home some classified documents and you get home and you open up your briefcase and suddenly there's like three classified documents, you don't sneak them back into work. What you do is you pick up the phone. There's a phone number that you call and you say, Hey guys, I messed up and I brought back, I brought some classified documents back and they will make sure they know what the documents are. They'll do a risk assessment of those documents. They'll get the documents back. And, uh, this guy, uh, who they were interviewing, I wish I remember his name. He said when it happened to him, they just kind of slapped his hand. They didn't even put anything in, in his file and he just went on with his life. So there's a, there's a process, um, when, uh, when documents are, uh, abused or misused. That process does not involve having your attorneys say you don't have documents when you do. It does not involve, uh, being subpoenaed for those documents and not turning them over. <laughs> that's not part of, that's not part of the, the thing, the, the numbers. So, oh, <laughs> uh, anything else on, uh, <laughs> uh, top secret gate? <laughs> I can't even, I still, it just makes me laugh. It should make me cry. It should make me weep, but I just decided the only answer is we are in the matrix and somebody is messing with us. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, so let's see any, wait, I do see new comments here. Let's see. Orion, 
you're pretty long-winded tonight, Orion. Uh, let's see. Trump probably wouldn't have gotten in trouble if he had just turned over the documents in the first place when asked the first time. Trump lies and obfuscates. Don't use words like that on me, Orion. Uh, that is habitual. Lies come out of his mouth even when they don't need to. I, I believe you are 100% correct. If the National Archives contacts him and says, hey, we're missing documents uh, 1,001 through whatever the numbers are, do you have them? Uh, Trump goes into his locked office and says, oh, yeah, we got them. Sorry about that. And then uh, sends them right back. Uh, this is a non-story. It's a non-story. <laughs> but uh, he says he doesn't have them. And, and in an official capacity through attorneys and then gets subpoenaed for them and still doesn't hand them over to the point where the federal government felt that they had to raid his residence to get these documents. And I just cannot for the life of me figure out, A, why did he have them? And B, why didn't he give them back? I just don't get it. I just don't understand. And I thought I knew just about everything there was to know about, about this man. I thought I had him figured out. I just, I mean, and, and I, I can tell you, um, having run for Congress now twice, um, that, uh, you when you say something like when you um when you make a statement out in public about a, a policy on something you then go out of your way to never ever get close to being able to be accused of that thing right it's like it, there's this thing that that happens in your mind and in your campaign okay i have come out and i Herschel Walker, perfect example. You come out and you say, I am pro-life and I am anti-abortion, even in the case of rape or incest. And if you're going to come out and say that, then the distance between you and actually being involved in an abortion should be a thousand miles, right? It should be so far over here or better yet if you're herschel walker you say um listen i am i am pro-life but i want you to know that i haven't always been that way and i was involved in uh in paying for an abortion and i have been heartbroken over it ever since and that is what has made me pro-life. Now, if any, now you don't have to be distanced from the information because you've let out and pro-lifers are going to weep. They're going to be like, oh my gosh, he's so honest. And that's such an amazing story. Wow, Herschel, you know, bear your soul. That's, that's incredible. Instead, he, he couldn't create the distance that he needed just like trump and and saying <laughs> take the fifth it you you need to be so far away from that 
and classified documents. If I had, if I had said in a debate with Hillary Clinton that you need to be in jail because of how you handled classified documents, then the distance between me and that statement should be, I mean, it should be light years away, right? What does it tell you about Donald Trump that he would do that to win? He would say that to win, but then turn around and do it, but do it even worse. What does that say? What does that say? All right, we've got some more people in the, in the old chat there. And we are going to block them. Okay. So one of the, uh, you know, one of the uh, side effects of uh, going out on so many channels and inviting everybody to come in. And like I said, if you disagree with me, please, everybody who's watched me, who's listened to me on the radio for 20 years and watched my show, I love opposing viewpoints. And uh, if you want to take the time to share them, let's talk, you know, let's talk. Um, but if you're just going to be, you know, one of the, if you're just going to be a kid, just a child, there's a place for that. It's called a playground. They have slides and, uh, you know, swing sets and, you know, things like that. Um, that's a, that's a good place for that kind of stuff. Orion says you're getting a lot of fans tonight. We've actually, because we've been releasing so many videos, our growth uh, on all of our channels has been pretty significant as far as viewership. It's interesting, though, um, where the real success comes from on social media, like the real, if we're going to survive doing this, it comes from followers it doesn't come from views, um, which is interesting. So you can have a, a video that has uh, a, a million views, but if you only have 100 followers, that's what they care about. So following is the thing that makes the difference. Uh, Michael joining us on Facebook. Michael says, Jay, who's going to investigate the ones investigating the investigation? of the investigation signed confused <sighs> nobody is going to believe any investigation into biden unless it's done by republicans nobody is going to believe any investigation into trump um unless it's done by democrats did i get that right you understand what i'm saying uh Right and wrong does not exist in this scenario. It's all about right and left. And it's very sad, and I just hope it wakes people up. But I, I don't think it will. I just think that what it did was <laughs> it took away any power or uh, impact that Trump having these documents would have. And now if Trump does get indicted, it, it's going to be, okay, well, what are you going to do to Biden? Regardless of what the real situation is with Biden. 
let's see. I don't know about that comment either. Oh, I don't. Th I don't think you guys can see that comment because they're blocked. Is that weird? That's weird. Oh, there it is. It came late. So I don't know what that one's about. Hey, <laughs> at least people are checking in. Okay, so we've talked about, uh, we're about 45 minutes in here. We've talked about confidential documents and uh, we'll just have to wait and see what happens with Biden and everything that I've said about Biden tonight, it's pure speculation. Um, and uh, we'll just have to wait and see what the facts reveal. Uh, I, ha I know enough about Trump and what he's sa he said to know he once again obstructed justice. Um, and I do believe he should be indicted. Maybe it'll rise to that level with, with Biden. But I'll just remind you again, on the day of the Mar-a-Lago raid, I said we need to wait and see. And it feels good to have have to go back and say that was the right place to be. Um, let's talk about, um, I can't, shoot. Uh, let me get his name here. Um, you guys will know it. I should know it. Um, okay, Damar Hamlin. Football. Uh, we're not going to talk about sports here, but I don't know how many of you were watching the game and and were horrified when after the tackle, he stood up and then just completely collapsed. And they were performing, uh, they were performing CPR right there on the field. Horrifying. And so much so, I mean, when was the last time you saw an injury where they decided we're stopping the game? I've seen a lot of bad injuries in a lot of sporting events. I can't remember very many where they stopped the game. And uh, the good news is he's been released from the hospital, something to do with his heart. Um, so a happy ending. He's hoping he can play again. It's too early to know if he can play again. But guess what happened? On the day he collapsed, the anti-vaxxers re-emerged. And without any foreknowledge, without any, hang on, we got to get rid of the little children. <laughs> Lots of little kids joining the chat tonight. Um, Without any knowledge of his uh, health history, without any knowledge of what happened, the anti-vaxxers were out saying this happened because he got the vaccine. And then, so I got into some conversations with some people and I'm like, can you please tell me even how you know he's had the vaccine? So they come up with this tweet and I can't show you the tweet because it's gone. I should have screenshotted it, but I didn't. 
It's gone, and it was somebody claiming to be a doctor saying, "Last week I administered the vaccine to Demar Hamlin," and so the anti-vaxxers are freaking out, right? Because every single person who dies today is dying because of the vaccine. And of course, they make no attempt to find out who this uh, doctor is tweeting the information. And uh, it turns out that the account that tweeted the information was four days old. It turns out, oh, that, yeah, it's a violation of HIPAA for a doctor to say that he had vaccinated anybody. And it turns out that was a complete fake. And so once again, uh, this group of people who think that truth is on their side don't, don't make any effort to find the truth. This is what's amazing about this group of people to me and other people who get caught in conspiracy theories. They have a belief that they're the ones who have the truth and nobody else does. But when the opportunity comes to find out the truth, they make no effort. So where did they get the truth? How do they get it? I mean, I, I'll, I'll give you another example. There's a guy I follow on, uh, on TikTok. He's an epidemiologist. And somebody sent a message to him and saying, how do you explain all of this stream of unexplained deaths that have been happening? So he goes, well, I'm not sure about, you know, if there's a lot of stories about that. So I'll go back and I'll look. So he gets on the Google searches for unexplained deaths and he finds hundreds of stories, hundreds of them, kids, unexplained deaths, adults, athletes. I mean, hundreds of them. And he's just showing them. Look at this unexplained death. They look at this unexplained death. Look at this unexplained death. What he didn't tell you until the very end of the TikTok was that he had put a timeline in for the search. And he had searched for the three years before the pandemic had ever even been found. Do you understand what he did? Because what's happening is people are seeing stories about unexplained deaths, but they'd never, they never were looking for that before. That was never part of their uh, daily thing. Like, hey, I know what I'm going to do. There's no pandemic. There's nothing going on. I'm going to get on Google today and I'm going to search for unexplained deaths. Nobody was doing that. And he made a great point. I wish I had his name. I'll find it for you because I, I think you should follow him. He He's an actual epidemiologist. He actually went to, you know, actually went to college and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but he says it's like when you buy a white car. And all of a sudden, you look around and you notice all of these white cars. 
and you're like, man, every is everybody buying a white car because I bought a white car? No. You just were never looking at white cars before. And now that you have one, you're noticing all of the other white cars. And we saw this with election fraud because everyone in the last four years has become an epidemiologist. They've become an election fraud expert. They've become an inflation expert and they've become an energy expert all in four years. It's remarkable how quickly people have become experts in those four things. But I remember early in the election fraud claims, people were saying that dead people voted. Dead people voted in these elections. And my response was because I had covered, uh, I had been on the radio for election night every election for 20 years. And I had covered election results and investigations and anything around elections for 20 years. And I knew that dead people have voted in every election. And, and do you think anybody, any of these election fraud people before Donald Trump made his allegations, do you think any of them before 2020 were like, how many, how many dead people vote in elections? No, they didn't care. They didn't care. The stories were there. You can go back. They're still there online. You can still find them. But all of a sudden, because somebody has made a claim, now they're everywhere. It's uh, it's maddening. Uh, let's see. Stephen Willis. Uh, hey, Stephen, on YouTube. Thanks for joining us. He says Donald Trump will come back in 2024 as Dark MAGA. He will use the power of goth from listening to too much metal after losing 2020 and Jesus Christ to show the Democrats and the cabal who's boss. <laughs> oh. <coughs> uh, <laughs> Thank you for the laughter. Uh, I'm spilling this drink all over me. They overfilled it. You know, Pet peeve, don't overfill the drink. Hang on. Okay. Uh, Jake joining us. Uh, good to see you, Jake, on YouTube. He says, when do you think we'll hit political critical mass in the U.S.? And what will it look like? Seems like politicians keep one-upping, doubling down over and over. It can only go on so long, right? Um. You know, I might have said critical mass should have been January 6th. That should have been critical mass, don't you think, Jake? Um, that should have been the day that... Uh, and there was for an hour, well, I would say even 12 hours. It was critical mass for about 12 hours. When the White House is getting tweets from Sean Hannity, uh, all of the other pundits on Fox News, his own family, leadership in his own party, saying, you've got to do something about this and expecting something to be done and that that action would be condemned and it didn't happen. 
that should have been the day of critical mass. That should have been the end of MAGA that day. That should have been. If um, Republican leadership and elected Republicans had any backbone whatsoever, that should have been the day of critical mass. And I thought it was. I mean, I'm sure you were sitting there saying uh, this should tell everybody what uh, what happens when a man is willing to lie and um, subvert the peaceful handover of power. That should have been the moment where the Republican Party wakes up, they come out of the stupor, and and they say enough is enough is enough. And they didn't do it. What's interesting is that January 6th didn't do that, but a lack of a red wave in 2022 did that more than January 6th did. If you can believe that. Uh, Jake says, that's what I mean. Yeah, double down, double down, double down. Yeah, I know. I know. I can't, I can't predict it anymore. I can't call it. I'm, I am, <laughs> I am beyond trying. I, I'm to the point now where, uh, I will, I either just kind of have to laugh about it. I am so thankful that I have a resource to talk about it and that I can get together with you guys and we can, you know, commiserate a little bit. Um, but I can't. I can't predict anything anymore. I I used to be I used to be pretty good at predicting, you know, outcomes of elections and you know, outcomes of like court cases and you know, I used to have on the radio uh I when I was in Dallas and Vegas, I had a I was kind of known for the guy who could go on and say, "Okay, here's how this is going to play out." And I I'll be honest, I was prideful about it. <laughs> no, man, it's gone. And uh, this thing right here, that bad boy right there, it's broke. <laughs> it doesn't work. The old Magic 8 ball, that's out. It, 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 I mean, <laughs> I don't even know. Um... Anyway, back to the anti-vaxxers for a minute. Um, if you are willing, it's the same thing. as It's kind of the same theme, actually. Uh, a theme has emerged in, t in tonight's live stream. And that theme is that if you are willing to snap judge that you know instantly about a circumstance, the moment it is reported, then you are, um, what's the word? You are, um, you're not connected anymore. You have lost reason. You have lost your ability to uh, determine right from wrong. So uh, on the day of the Mar-a-Lago raid, if you're like Trump's criminal, he's going to jail, and you had no idea even what they would find, that's a perfect example. On the day they find documents in an old Joe Biden uh, office, 
and you instantly say he's he needs to be locked up, impeach him. It's the same thing. You see uh, Demar Hamlin uh, fall down on the field, collapse on the field, and you instantly say it's it's a vaccine. It's the same thing. If you are so ready, willing, and able to decide that you know instantly in that moment what happened and it conveniently fits your viewpoint and your political uh your your political way of thinking you are in too deep you are in too deep uh <laughs> stephen will says i love jesus <laughs> thanks stephen for putting a shout out for uh <laughs> for jesus um yeah, that's I guess that's kind of the the theme, right? Is if you're willing to snap judge, then I'm sorry, you have no credibility. I'm sorry. And the amazing thing is that these are all the groups of people that believe truth is on their side. And they are as far away from truth as you can uh possibly get. Oh, come on, Stephen. I can't. I just can't, brother. I'll tell you what I'm going to do with you, Stephen, because you've been, I'm putting you in timeout. You've been put in timeout. I didn't block you, Stephen. I put you in timeout. Okay. So, but you didn't know I have the ability to put people in timeout. You've been put in timeout. Uh, and if I had it like the, you know, the timeout hat, the dunce hat or whatever, I would, uh, I would put it on you. So, yeah. So, uh, anti-vaxxers, any, anything, any person drops, any death, anything, it's, uh, it's instantly the vaccine. And I don't know if you remember way back, we did so many shows about the vaccine and you know we debunked and debunked and debunked and debunked till we were blue in the face on this show um but way way back then we had somebody on the show and we were having a conversation back and forth and he was making all these claims and i kept debunking these claims and finally he had to admit that he had no evidence and his final statement, I don't know if you remember this, but I will never forget it. His final statement was, I was right about cigarettes. And so I know that I'm right about the vaccine. <laughs> That's where we ended. And, and honestly, I, I kind of appreciated that he came around to a point where he admitted he didn't have any evidence. You know, if you if you just came on and you're like, look, I have a feeling that the election was stolen, but I don't have any evidence to prove it. I'm like, OK, uh, you know, I disagree with you. I don't have that feeling. And uh, we've interviewed experts. We've looked at the systems. We've you know, we've we've vetted this thing out every single claim. Uh, but if you still feel that way, I, you know, at least you're acknowledging it's a feeling. Like if you, you're like, if I, I have a feeling that athletes are being adversely affected by the vaccine, but I can't prove it. Well, you're being honest. And 
and uh, you know you can you can share that. In response, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I disagree with you, and then we'll probably uh, you know we'll probably move on with our lives. But that's not what's happening for sure. That's not what's happening. All right, where are we at here? Um, we're at an hour. Uh, what else did I say we were going to talk about? By the way, what do you guys want to talk about? What else? I said one more thing. Here's the... Oh, oh yes. Uh, this is another conversation. So I'm getting a lot more comments, obviously, on, on uh, social media because I'm posting a lot more. More than I ever have on a daily basis. So I'm getting a lot of comments. And I played a video about, it was a, it was a YouTube short. You can see it on my YouTube page about the electoral college and why I think the electoral college is such, is, is genius and why it needs to stay. And I, I wonder, I wonder if I can play that for you. Let's try something here. I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to do this. I know it doesn't feel fair that presidential candidate wins a popular vote, but he can't be president because he didn't win the electoral college. I know that that doesn't seem fair, but the president was never, ever meant to be chosen by the people. That may shock you. The president was never meant to be chosen by the people. The president was supposed to be chosen by the states. And the states get to control how they run their elections. So states decide who presidents are. That's what keeps them relevant to presidential candidates. It's genius. It's absolutely genius. So before you dive on this train and start to believe that somehow we need to throw it all out, give it some serious consideration. All right, so that's, I, I hope you guys could hear that because I couldn't hear it. Um, but it, I could see the little sound meter, so I hope that you guys are able to hear that. So this was a, this was a cut down version of me explaining why I think the Electoral College is so important. And... Uh, that it's the only thing that um, keeps smaller states relevant. And the other thing that I said in there that people miss so often is that we are the United States of America. And um, <laughs> it's just going to keep happening tonight, isn't it? Um, <laughs> and... States choose presidents, and it's always been that way, that individuals don't, don't choose president. You think you're voting for the candidate in an election, a presidential election, but you're not. You're voting for how your state is going to vote. And this is something that is is missed. Anyway, this was the comment that I got on on the Twitter here. Let me see if I could pull this up. Man, I'm good tonight. I've got this stuff ready to go. All right. So this was the tweet. Uh, Every vote should count. Just because a system exists doesn't mean it's good. 
We don't live in the 1800s anymore, and we need systems to meet modern needs. An electoral college system makes sense when not everyone can read, but we can we can now. It's time for change. And I got several other comments about this, and and one person said that every count, every vote needs to count because every person needs to matter. And I tried to explain to them that the whole reason for the Electoral College is to make sure that everybody does matter. And this was a concept that they just weren't getting. That if there's no Electoral College, then those of us here who are in the flyover states, the smaller states, with the fewest electoral votes, suddenly our vote doesn't matter at all. And the two coasts, the largest cities, choose the president. So when you do that, you're not making it so everybody's vote matters. You're actually making it just the opposite, where this large swath of the middle of the country, their vote doesn't matter. And that's that's what I tried to explain to them, that that's the beauty of the Electoral College. But this person kept saying every, um, every vote needs to count. And I thought about this, and I've actually got uh, a full podcast on it. I think I'm going to release it tomorrow. I thought about this concept, every vote should matter. Is that true? I want you to think about this for a minute. Is that true? Do we live in a society where every vote matters? We actually don't. And and in fact, the, the whole concept is this conflicting belief that we're a democracy instead of a republic that we don't live in a majority rule uh, country. And thank goodness that the genius of our country is that we actually protect the minority from the majority in many cases. And there are many cases where your vote doesn't matter. And it doesn't count. When was the last time you voted for a Supreme Court justice? Did you? Have you? No. No, you don't have that opportunity. But the job of the Supreme Court justices in many ways is to make sure that the majority cannot trample on the minority. And thank goodness we have a Supreme Court. Can you imagine, and this is one thing that I brought up, can you imagine, take all of the major, um, the major decisions that this country has made that have advanced us as a civilization. And instead of it being a representative government, it was a pure democracy where every vote was counted and mattered. None of those things would have happened. None of the original sins of this country would have been changed. None of them. 
And by original sins, I mean slavery, uh, women and their rights and voting. And I mean, there's a list of those things, right? The Native Americans, all of the original sins of this country. None of them would have, um, would have happened. And so I, I told them, I said, it's interesting to me, this is what I think is really happening, is that people want uh, a democracy. They want the highest vote getter to win when it's in their favor. But when it's not in their favor, then they want protections against that. Because imagine this country and uh, the progress that has been made with the LGBTQ plus um, community. Much of that has been made without votes, without anybody's vote mattering. It's happened at, at in courts. Imagine if that was everybody's vote matters. Imagine if that was pure democracy. And they're just people wandering around thinking, oh, everybody's vote matters. We do, that's, not our, that's not our system. It's not. Yes, yes, your vote is counted for certain things. But ultimately, that vote doesn't, I mean, you're not creating laws with that vote. I guess, I guess there are a few cases where every vote matters, and that would be on a referendum. Um, that would be a situation where everybody's vote matters, but that's just not the country we live in. Uh, let's see. Uh, Stephen is back. He's out of timeout. Uh, he says, I think if nobody voted, somebody would still be elected. Uh, Michael says, an independent in Utah, does my vote count? No. And that was one of the other points that I made. I mean, for if you're a Democrat or, or an independent in Utah, you don't have a vote. You don't have representation. Um, Orion says, every vote matters. I tell people all the time, if you don't vote because you think it doesn't matter, then it sure as hell won't matter regardless of whether or not it is the electoral college or done by a popular vote. Um, I'm not by any means suggesting that you should not vote. What I am combating is the idea that major things in this country are decided by individual votes. It's not reality. And so suddenly you want to change that and choose a president that way. And the reason you want to do that is because you don't like that recent presidents have lost the popular vote, but they still get elected. But that's because this is not uh, the federal government of America. That's not our name. We're not just America. Our, our name means something. I, I, one of the proudest things that I feel is for our name, the name of our nation. 
the United States of America. That we are not one system of government. And this is where I think this, this whole fallacy comes in. That you think the federal government is the whole government and uh, you have a vote and a say in what the whole government does. And that's not reality. The government is 50 sovereign states and a federal government that has limited authority that was given to it by the states. And that the Constitution is not a description of your rights. It is a limitation on the federal government's rights. And that, and this one may shock you, states have more authority than the federal government does. That may shock you. Because the federal government is limited by the Constitution. But anything not mentioned in the Constitution is reserved for the states. States can do more. They have more authority. Are there areas where the states can't touch because the Constitution says it? Absolutely. But states are sovereign. That's why they have their own governor. That's why they have their own legislature. That's why states choose presidents. That's, you know, people talk about the separation of powers and they always talk about the separation of powers between the legislative, the uh, executive, and the judicial. They always forget the fourth one. And the fourth one is the most important. States. States and their authority. And, and the, the, uh, sorry, I missed them. I tried, Stephen. I really tried. But you gone. I really tried. Um, where was I? See, he at least, he at least, uh, distracted me. Where was I, guys? Um, uh, honorable villainy says, so you want minimum wage? I can agree with that. Oh, I want minimum wage to be decided by the states, not by the federal government. Oh, thank you, because you reminded me what I was going to say. And that is the beauty of the separation of powers with the United States is that it actually gives you and me some power. It actually gives you and me some representation. It actually means we can have an impact on our own government. How much impact do you think you could have if we only had a federal government? Do you think you could ever change a law that affected things locally if we only had a federal government? The thing that protects representation is the separation of state power. And that's why anybody who says they want to expand the federal government, I'm like, oh my goodness. Stop. Stop. We want to keep things local because that's how we can make our vote matter. That's, that's, 
that's the genius of the Constitution. It's the states, man. It's the states. And that Utah is a sovereign state. That's where it's at. And that's also, by the way, where people get confused when the states say you have to wear a mask. And they're like, no, I have a constitutional right not to wear a mask. No, you don't. It's not mentioned in the Constitution. Then the state has the authority to do it. They make you wear clothes. Try, try, just go down to Salt Lake. Just go down. What? What's the temperature going to be tomorrow? Go down in the, in 30 degrees, strip naked, walk down the street. Tell me, tell me how that goes for you. T tell me how it goes for you. The state has the authority to tell you you have to wear clothes in public. They do. They have the authority to tell you you have to wear a seatbelt. They have the authority to tell you that uh, you can't drink drive. And people are going to say, well, driving is a privilege. Well, who decided that? States decided that. That's not in the Constitution. That's not written in the stars somewhere. States decided in our state, driving is going to be a privilege. And in order to enjoy that privilege, you're going to have to have a driver's license, insurance. You're going to have to buckle up. You're going to have to have everything that we tell you you have to have. And we're going to call it a privilege. That was decided by the states. Not that's, that's not in the Constitution. States have that authority. States have tremendous power. But the good news is that in order to have an impact on your state is so much easier than having an impact on the federal government. So much easier. All right. Uh, any other thoughts? Um, Honorable Villainy says, I need your thoughts on chat GPT. I have no idea what that is. Um, let's see. Orion, again, the states as sovereign entities is simultaneously this country's greatest strength and greatest weakness. It's excellent for the distribution of power. Terrible for getting anything done. Well, it depends on your perspective, but um, I was down in uh, St. George and um, I was giving a, a presentation when I was running for Congress and we were talking about the Supreme Court abortion decision. And I had made the statement that I thought it was a state's rights issue because I can't find it in the Constitution. And I've always disagreed with Roe v. Wade because I can't find what they said in the Constitution. So I thought it was an activist decision. And she said to me, well, now you're going to have one state that is in favor, another state that's not. You're going to have people driving over here and over there. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to be messy. But the Supreme Court's job is not to decide if it's going to be messy. The Supreme Court's job is to decide if the Constitution sanctions it or if it's not listed there, then it's reserved for the state. If suddenly the Supreme Court's job is to decide how messy it's going to get, then now we don't need anybody else but nine people and they're running the entire government. So, yeah, you're right, Orion. It's messy. 
it's messy. But it also allows for some really cool stuff. It also, uh, conveniently enough, makes it very hard to rig an election. Uh, <laughs> just, you know, just to throw that in there, it makes it, uh, it, it, it makes it very hard. Um, it also makes it very hard to pull off a, uh, a fake pandemic. Uh, those things are very, very difficult to do because, um, yeah, things get messy, you know, but there's a, there's a beauty to be able to have some say in how your local government is run. And that's where, if your vote is going to count somewhere, that's, you know, that's where the rubber meets the road right there. If you take that away, then you take everything away. If you take state authority away, then, then there's no way that there will be any true representation any longer. There's just no way. I don't, I don't see any other way around it, but you're right, man. It's messy. It's messy. And the abortion thing is going to be messy. It already is. People crossing uh, state lines. Uh, you've got all kinds of things going on. Employers saying we're going to fund them. Other employers saying if you do this, you're not going to be employed with us. I mean, it's going to be messy. Uh, but nobody said it wouldn't be. Um, government is hard and representation is hard. And I actually kind of like that it's hard. Um, it shouldn't be as maddening as it is right now, but it should be hard to make change and to get things done. It should take work and effort and collaboration. Uh, that last part is what we're missing though, right? The collaboration part. But I just, I just hope, and I had this conversation and it's still ongoing with this, with a couple of people about, um, the reality of our country and the misconception that we're somehow a democracy and that, uh, they think that making the choosing of the president a popular vote would give people, uh, that it would give them, uh, more representation that it would equalize their situation, make it fair for everybody across the board. And it actually does just the opposite. It immediately disenfranchises the whole middle of the country in an instant. So in the name of trying to make people count and matter, you would take away all of it as far as a president is concerned. You know, it, it's funny, we don't have presidents who come to our state who want our vote because we're a purely red state. And so if they come to our state, they're coming to fundraise. But man, in other states that have a few electoral college votes and they're a purple state, they will spend millions of dollars there and they will fight tooth and nail and they will get there and they will glad hand and they will try and get every single person's vote. And you know what that means? It means those people matter. That's what makes them matter. If there was no electoral college, those people wouldn't matter. And, and people forget the electoral college is not, 
is not every state gets the same number of votes. So, you know, the, the larger states still have a much bigger say than we do, for sure. Let's see. Um, Manuel says it seems like a, a little affirmative action for the Midwest. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Uh, honorable villainy, what are your thoughts on Arizona, Lake, and Hobbs? Um, I, that's a pretty broad question. You'd have to be more specific. Um, if I think that there was any uh, voter fraud or anything like that down there, the answer is absolutely not. Um, but you'd have to be more specific. Any other questions? I was looking at my list to see if there was uh, anything else I wanted to talk about tonight. It's 11 o'clock, and I haven't watched uh, Curse of Oak Island yet. Um, and I have to do that before I go to bed. But the good news is the Curse of Oak Island is like watching football now. Uh, you can just fast forward between the plays. There's only like, if you watch Oak Island, there's only 10 to 15 minutes of new content in every episode. The rest is all flashbacks or, or they find a piece of metal and they're like, look at this piece of metal we found. We should show this to so-and-so. And so they go and show it to that person. And then they're like, whoa, that's pretty cool. We should show it to so-and-so. So we get the reaction for the same piece of, of rusted metal five times. And then they go, could it be that this was part of this and that and that? So if you watch Oak Island, fast forward, it's about 15 minutes. But I'm still a fan. Uh, anything else we got tonight? There's still a few of you hanging out. I can't believe I've I've never I don't know that I've ever blocked anybody before. Orion, have I ever blocked anybody before? I blocked like five people tonight. Uh so that's new. <laughs> that's new. Uh Honorable Villainy says, thank you, J-Mac. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm going to really try to do these lives at least once a week on Tuesdays. Um, uh, but I do have videos that are being released every single day. You can do me a favor by following if you're on Facebook or subscribing if you are on YouTube. Um uh, you can also help me. I, I've been I've been working on an idea, and I'll I'll run it by you. You know, back in the day when I first got into talk radio, I would monologue, and then I would take phone calls. We didn't even have text messaging, and then I would uh, converse with uh, you know the listeners, the callers. And then when I finally came here to KSL, they didn't want to take calls anymore. Because they thought it could, you know, it could get too, too ugly or whatever. And so we went pure text message on KSL. But I really miss the days of uh, actually having real conversations with people. And it's not really a fair 
situation to you guys. Like if one of you decided you wanted to debate me right now, it's not really fair. I have the microphone. You have to type in every single word. Uh, a lot of times uh, I don't get to your comment until 15 minutes later because I'm so long-winded. And so I've been thinking a lot about maybe bringing back the call-in ability. Now, it wouldn't be like the call-in. What it would be was basically you could be in, and it wouldn't be everybody, it would be a selective group of people who have earned my trust or have paid me money. <laughs> but there's a way, for example, to have a Zoom uh, meeting going on and I can bring people in from that Zoom meeting and put them up on the screen and we can converse one-on-one -on -one or one-on-five or whatever. And we could actually have some real conversations back and forth. I miss that. I would like to do it. Um, I, um, I'd like to know if you'd like to do it. One of the reasons why um, I think that it will be hard for people is because you're not necessarily sitting there at 11 o'clock at night in anything more than your pajamas. And so asking you to come on, you know, <laughs> at 11 o'clock or, uh, or whenever, uh, is, uh, is something that I'm not sure that people will want to do. Uh, Honorable Villainy says you should try TikTok Live. For a while, uh, this broadcast was going out to TikTok Live, and I would like to keep it going. Uh, but at this point, it's going to cost me money. Um, and what, what people don't, I, what I think people don't understand is the software I'm using, you know, all of this, all the text you see, my ability to change screens to go out to all the different networks at once. I'm combining about 10 different uh, services here, software services. They all have a monthly expense associated with them. And if, I, for example, if I want to do this thing that I'm talking about where it's a Zoom meeting and I can bring people in and we can converse face-to-face uh, -face and have real discussions about the issues, uh, it's going to cost me another $50 a month just for that. If I want to go out to TikTok, and there is a way for me to take this broadcast to TikTok Live, the reason I stopped doing it is because it was costing me an extra $75 a month. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of things I want to do, but I am limited uh, because, you know, I have a day job. I'm not on the radio anymore. I'm bootstrapping this thing. And there are about 20 of you who are uh, members of the JMAC Members Club or who are paying uh, uh, something through the podcast, and you are helping me uh, pay for what we see. And so that, I would say right now, um, I'm a little bit less than break-even, on what I'm bringing you right now, thanks to our subscribers. Um, but if I add anything else, um, it's going to cost more. And just the equipment um, to get this image. By the way, this image, it's pretty good, isn't it? This is a new camera. This is an iPhone. This is my iPhone 13 that we're doing this show on. 
Uh, I'm pretty happy with it because my other camera fritzed and I didn't want to buy a new camera. And Apple came out with this new con continuity feature. Um, but I'd like to add some things, but if I'm going to do it, I'm going to need more subscribers. That simple. If you look in the description of this podcast, you may see a link to do that. Uh, it starts at $5 a month. Uh, what I may do is put anybody who is a subscriber in that Zoom meeting, and then you have the privilege of coming on the show. That would be one way to do that. So I'm playing with things um, to make it better and to make it more uh, more something where you can participate. Because right now it's it's a lot of J. <laughs> it's a lot of J. And uh, it's a good thing I learned how to talk over over 20 years. So uh, think about that. Let me know if you would have an interest in that. I think we could even bring you in without having the video feed. We could just bring you in on Zoom through the audio. Uh, if you would be interested in that, a lot of people just want to listen or type in comments. Uh, but if you would be interested in that, let me know. And uh, I'll push in that direction. Because I would, I would like it, and I think we could really uh, get some different perspectives out there. Because uh, right now, typing out things, I realize it's uh, it's not equal for sure. So think about that. Follow the show, like the show, uh, check out all the videos I have coming out. Um, let, let's see, I can actually tell you uh, what's coming up. Uh, tomorrow, oh, tomorrow's good. Um, tomorrow's video, it'll be out at 6 p.m. You can't stop kids from seeing pornography. Uh, that will be interesting. And then on Friday, kind of a repeat of what we talked about today, stop blaming everything on uh, the vaccine. Um, and then again, we're taking it, you know, little segments of the show. My son is, and he's making them into uh, YouTube shorts. You can follow me on TikTok. Uh, it's McFarland Zero on TikTok. Uh, so uh, lots of stuff going on. And I just want to thank you guys who are helping me pay for it. Thank you for joining me and spending uh, how long? An hour and 41 minutes tonight. I love it. I love your feedback. I love your support. Um, and on that note, I'm going to let you go. And I'm going to head in and watch Oak Island. And uh, maybe, hopefully, I can come back live again on Thursday night. That's my goal. Uh, so I will try and publish that ahead of time so that you know, so that this is not a surprise. I'm also thinking about doing an earlier show instead of 930. My schedule has changed since I'm not running for Congress anymore. So that is an idea I'm dabbling with as well. So uh, lots of lots of things going on over here. Thanks again, everybody. Have a wonderful night, and I will see you very soon.